This is episode 51 of the Marshall Street Podcast. You're listening to the Marshall Street Podcast, the home of music industry know-how that will give you the skills to take your career to the next level. Here are your hosts, Bennett Ferguson and Stu Watts. Welcome back. We're back. We're here for another episode of the Marshall Street Podcast, Number Stewie. 51. Getting another one in just before the Christmas New Year's period. Yes, early morning podcast, the way we do it these days. Exactly right. And today we'll be talking about... Don't let the past hold you back. That's right. In a creative uh, industry, uh, it's easy to look back on some of the things we did and situations we were in. And human nature, you can't help but think, man, I wish that went differently. Or I thought that was going to pan out differently. Yep. And it maybe doesn't. Um, and you just got to move past it. You can't sit on that for a long time, I guess. It is one of the uh, human uh, traits that we have the ability, we're the only species, Mm. has the ability to both look back and plan ahead. Mm. And both of those things are good and bad. Yep. So it's important not to get too hung up on the past and, you know, things that might not have turned out the way you expected. Um, And, you know, it's important to, to keep moving forward and keep, reinventing yourself and all that sort of thing. So we're going to touch on, uh, you know, those sorts of things as well as the flip side to that, which is, you know, allowing yourself to be in positions to to let things happen. For the unknown to happen. Put yourself in a position for positive things to unfold. Yep. Um, So that's what we'll be briefly touching on today. As always, if you like this podcast, make sure to like and subscribe wherever you're listening and share it to a friend. If there's information here that you think is valuable, share it with a friend. That's how we can get uh, this podcast around. Yep, absolutely. Now, before we get in, I just want to say, touch on something that triggered my thoughts as you were speaking there. Okay. And it was, as we all know, I've been going through my stand-up comedy phase recently. (laughs) And something, what? one of the guys, uh, Tom. Oh, watching Tom it. Segura, yeah, I thought yeah. you meant practicing no, no, for no. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just consuming. But in at the end of one of the specials, I like how the comedians will get kind of serious at the end of it. And he goes, look, this is my view on, on creative fields and in life. He's like, I think you should be able to chase after anything and do whatever you enjoy mm-hmm. doing. But know that you might not get to the end. The that the end result might not be how you perceived it. And as long as you're okay with that, then you will enjoy the process along the way. Mm-hmm. And I think music is very similar. You know, yeah. the position we're in now is very different to what we thought we'd be in ten years ago. However, it's arguably successful. We still do it as musicians, as our day to day career. It's, yeah, we're we're able to do it as our full time jobs. And so, just by by letting go of what you think the finish point is and enjoying the process. I would deem that you're successful at it. It's all ego. Yeah. It's like, you know, you have these weird expectations of how things are going to happen purely based on what you've seen others do Mm. and, you know, what you hear and, you know, what what you've seen in documentaries or video clips or whatever it might be, you have the expectation of that's how my life's going to be. Yep. And that's realistic. That's like understandable because, you know, like you see other people doing things that you enjoy and, you know, you see bands playing live or, you mm-hmm. you know, you see video clips or something like that and you're like, oh, that's yeah. that's what it's like. Yep. Whereas you don't see the – I mean, you you are these days seeing more of the behind-the-scenes stuff, which yeah. is always good. Yep. Um, but, you know, 10 years ago – You weren't. It, you weren't. Yeah. So we, we were – I had no idea what a sound engineer's life was. Mm. You know, you have these, you know um, – you know, you can guess, you can yep. kind of be like, oh, that's kind of what they do every day. Yep. But you don't see everything. You don't see them uploading the stems to a Google Drive. Oh, or, like, or just you know. just working 12, 14-hour sessions <laughs> for the four years to get an intern mm. at a, an intern spot mm-hmm. at a studio. Yeah. Um, 
and especially like even bands. I, I used to remember watching interviews with bands as a kid. This is back when, you know, Kazar and LimeWire were there. I'd sit and download all these music uh, band videos and then you can get into the interviews of the bands. And there was this one common thread which never made sense to me as a kid because I guess it was I was shutting off that that was a thing was all these bands were just like, you know, we're broke. Mm. You know, when you see all these mm. successful bands, you're like, you got gold records and you tour mm. the world and you, and you make this music which is insanely yeah. good. And you hear these band guys like, yeah, like, you know, we're broke, we do it for fun. And then... I guess you never really compute it until mm. you kind of get there and you're just like, yeah, it's, it, is, it is a lifestyle. Well, it's, it's a thing. It's like, you know, you, you are lucky as a musician to be able to tour and do these things for an extended period over the year. doesn't mean that you're actually able to save for a house or, you know, mm. provide for a family or anything like that. You know, if you yep. choose that lifestyle, mm. it's like there, there's a very high chance, I would say like, 80%, 90% chance that you're just doing things to get by. You know, you're mm. you're able to buy food. Yep. Um, you're able to, to live in accommodation or something like that. If that is the path that you're wanting to but, go down, you a full-time still, musician. Yeah, you can still make, play music the next week. And that's, and that's where we've talked about other income streams and where smart people, you know, smart artists um, think of other things that can supplement their life and, mm. you know, allow them to save and and do smart things like that and you know we've we've, we've talked to coach Tantelli many many times you know talking about like the the bands that um are coming home from tour they're working a full-time job mm. when they're not on tour yep you know you can't just expect to only be in a band if that is what you're yep. wanting to do yep um it definitely is and you know for people out there should be or if you're chasing it should be the goal but again, like having this realistic expectation and actually looking at, you know, where the numbers come from. Like, you know, if you're a band starting out, um, listening to this, I think a really eye-opening exercise is to go and crunch the numbers. Be like, how many streams do you need to do through Spotify, through Apple? What does that translate into money-wise? Like, look at the real mm. figures um, and then just be like, can you live off that? Mm. Divide that by five. Can the whole band live off mm -hmm. that? Like how much does the band need to bring in for each member to mm. be able to pay rent, pay food, save a little bit for a rainy day? Mm. Like all of a sudden now you've got to be, you've got to have some big, big numbers coming mm. through your band and through yeah. your platforms. Absolutely. Uh, we've kind of digressed we a have, little. So let's, let's get back onto it because um, I think it's an important topic to talk about is that, you know, as creatives, we're always, we kind of blindly optimistic. I'd say we're always being like, this, this is going to end out awesome, this is going to be sick. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, a lot of the times it might not pan out that way, um, but I don't think you can let that get you down. I don't mm. think you can let that make you a jaded person of the industry. Mm. I don't think it's good or it's necessarily healthy for your growth, your personal growth, your spiritual growth, for you to sit in these and dwell in the, yeah. in the negative spaces of like, oh, man, I wish that video clipped it better mm. or I wish I got this support and tour because mm. I – and I think, I honestly think that that's how you are analysing your numbers. That's, that, mm. that is a result of are you looking at it as a way to move forward and be better or are you looking at it compared to other people, compared to other mm. artists and stuff like that? Because if you're going, why didn't my track get 10,000 views in its first week? Yeah. Um, that band who I think are shit yeah, yeah, got, yeah. got 20,000. Now we're getting into that, it. That's like a weird thing that all artists do until the point when they realise it's like, okay, I need to be my own judge. Mm. I need to look at my own numbers and go, okay, 
this track didn't do this amount compared to my other track mm. or it did more. Why is that? Mm. What money did I put into marketing? What video clip did I shoot? Who did I use for recording the song? Mm -hmm. All these different individual little pieces of that puzzle that m might result in a better outcome this time around, it, it's not always going to be the same thing. Like that's, that's such a good point. It's um, a reflection on you and whether you've grown and are you better this year than last year? And, you know, I'm just talking specifically like Spotify rap numbers because that's yeah. what came out recently yeah, yeah. so it's easy to put it to. Um, you know, am I better this year than I was last year? Did I grow? Did What happened with these, the tracks? Um, as opposed to going... All right, well, now let me compare me against everyone. Yeah, and Because that's not the comparison. And factoring this year in, a lot of people are like, oh, man, I didn't have as many streams this year, completely ignoring the fact that a pandemic happened yeah. and, and you weren't they, able to play or live. Or they didn't and release music. Didn't release like, music. That's going to affect yeah. it. I know. And the, uh, there's and what you were saying about, like, the, 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 the thing that artists have, you know, so much of our energy is spent on the actual music mm. um, and all that other business side of things is put to the side until we have to worry about it and then we might do it a bit half-assed or we go, oh, shit, I need to release a video clip with this. Oh, crap, I'll just shoot it myself. Yep. You know, it's going to be a shit video clip. Yeah, like yeah, you haven't yeah. put months into planning it. Yeah. Um, and so we get caught up. We mm. get caught up on doing the actual task, which is good for the creative process. It's yep. good for the outcome of the song but not for a business. When you're looking at music mm. as a business, there are so many factors into it. Yep. And as we've said so many times, it's totally fine if you are doing it for the creative purpose 100%. only. Yep. But then you have to look at it that way. Yep, 100%. You can't look at it as if you're a business comparing yourself to other successful bands yep. that have been looking at it as a business yep. and going, why don't I match up to them? Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously. You're not, you're not playing the same game <laughs> as them and that's fine. Um, yeah, and I'm even I'm, I know I've mentioned this point before, but I remember for me – internally when I felt that and I know the exact place it was. I was sitting on a friend's balcony and we'd had a track out and we didn't get uh, a, a tour support spot that I thought we should have gotten. Mm -hmm. um, still think we should have got it. But, <laughs> um, and you know, but this was you could unpack why. Like, there's 100%. so many reasons why you didn't get it. Oh, for sure. And you're looking back, it was like now that you know Probably. how the industry works, it's like, dude, he just put his buddy on the tour. Yeah, like, that, that was all it was. Yeah. It wasn't anything personal against us. It was just he put his friend on the tour. And you know, I used to get pissed off at that as well. Like when we were in, in bands like, you know, 10 years ago, I was in the spin set and stuff like that. I would see other bands, you know, this is so funny and we've talked about it so many times between our bands. When I was in the spin set and the playbook were mm. going and they we were both coming up at the same time and playbook just really went really hard on the getting club gigs side of things. And so they were getting bang and next every month. And we were like, fuck, why can't we get it? <laughs> and then I ended up being in the playbook and it's like, okay, I saw the difference in approaches right. of how – you need to approach getting gigs and stuff like that. But it's yep. so funny when you're like, oh, man, fuck, why didn't, why didn't my band get yeah. that? And well, not, it's I so funny. I think that, that's, yeah, that, that is an interesting experience to be <laughs> able to go from one band to another and see the difference. Yeah. And, you know, that's a lot of the reason why we talk to young artists or try to get them through here is because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Like, you know, once you, if you haven't been in a band or you haven't signed to a major that have shown you these things, it's like, hey, this is how you present yourself to booking agents. This is how you get the gigs. Like, you, until you know that, mm. it's hard to be in a band and have the a mature sense of, okay, this is what we need to do to move forward because mm. you just haven't seen what's what's required to take that next step. Yeah. Um, and then even coming back to me when I when we didn't get that support mm. spot, I remember the feeling I was just – I was. 
I was fed up and I was fuck, I was pissed off mm. at like tunes. Mm. And it was and I was sitting there and I was like, all of these these emotions and everything I'm feeling is from nothing that was within my control. How that's how a single did wasn't in my control. Mm. Whether we got this tour support wasn't within my control. Mm. And I remember the exact thought was the only thing that's in my control was me sitting in the lab making the beat, mm-hmm. making the tunes, yep. working with Zoll. So it was yep. like I had to strip all of it back and it was like once I, I wanted to enjoy that again, just being in the room with Zoll and making music, mm. once I enjoyed that again, mm. the other stuff you can't control. Like mm-hmm. you literally, mm-hmm. so wasting any emotional energy or worrying about it's like, I mean, I can see the positive in going, okay, well, let's review and reflect on things so that we can move forward. Yep. But there's some things where it's just, you can't just dwell on it. Like yeah. literally if someone if someone's given a show to their buddy, which happens all the time, that's not, a, time. It's not a crime in the industry, no. um, how are you going to reflect on that? maturely and positively and be like, okay, what can we take away from that? Go be friends with them. Correct. Like, you know, yeah. network. Correct. Um, yeah. And then aside from that, you can't you can't put any weight on if it was the music's fault. You can't – because you didn't do anything wrong. You just didn't get the show. Yeah. And, you know, back then in hip-hop, it was a lot smaller. There was literally like four or five crews out there who were active and there's maybe two or three support spots on tours in yeah. each season. And yeah. everyone knew yeah. who got them because yeah. everyone else missed out. Yeah. It wasn't like it is now where there's a lot more opportunity. It was much more – it was a smaller – But this can clip. translate into so many different scenes though. A hundred percent. There's heaps of small scenes where, yeah, yep. you know, you might be in a niche, you know, type of music and you're seeing this and you're going, that one band seems to get all these support slots. But, you know, the other thing with that is has that band hit their ceiling? Well, me, me and, and might I, they be thinking the same thing? Like, why can't we get any of our own national tours mm, or something like that? You know, it's like, well, there's always this other level to it as well. And me and uh, me and Junior and Matt, because um, obviously we were all running together back at that time, or not together in the in the hip hop scene. Same scene, yeah. We caught up uh, for dinner a couple of weeks ago, and it's funny we were laughing and chat at all the those acts that were getting every every support act because yep. they were people's friends. It's like none of them are still around. Yeah. So you know, they had their time. Yeah. Yeah. The, just be be here ten years. Yeah, in ten years. That was that was always my goal. Yeah, and what to, was that thing that you were saying the other night at the party? You were saying to to James Domingo is like the Gary V thing of like if you want to get more out of your business, your creative aspect is like care, give a shit yep. more than the other people. Yep, and a lot of that is even like what can potentially push you to that next level is yep. care a little bit more than you did before. 100%. Care a little bit more than everyone else. Yep. And you'll find that your efforts will be rewarded because generally when you have that mindset of I give a shit, mm. I really care, and you're focusing on the right areas mm. of, you know, whatever it is, whether you're a sound engineer, a videographer, a band, whatever it might be, a manager, and if you're focusing your energy on the right areas – and you're genuinely caring mm. about yourself, your band, your clients, whoever it is, you will find that the rewards will show themselves to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it'll 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 start to pave its path for you. Definitely a lot of the time. When it comes to business, uh, that's it. It's like care about the other person. Mm. Like, and as an audio engineer, it's like you can as an artist, you can tell when you walk into a studio with an engineer and the engineer is there for himself if he's there because this is going to add to my catalogue and I'm going to make sure I'm looking good and I'm going to make – when the audio engineer is about that and he's like, oh, this is about me and I'm – versus 
hey man, let my job is to facilitate you. Mm-hmm. Where my job is to get the best out of you so yep. that you're happy with no, nothing that I do matters as long as you're happy and what you want comes to life. I know what my skills are. I know what I'm here for. I know what I'm my talents are. My yep. talents are getting the microphone in the right position, capturing yep. that right moment that I need to create for you to be able to get the best out of your thing. Yep. It's not about choosing the fucking plug-in. It's not about it's not about, about like, being seen in the on the studio with your gold teeth and tattoos out, which are, there are some producers out there which are and they, to them it's that's it's a visual front. Yeah, it is. When it's yeah. like Man, and that's where it comes to business. So when you're shifting from a creative, you're going, okay, I love mixing and now I want to make this a business. Mm. The best thing you can do is actually care mm. because mm. over time people realise that you give a shit about them mm. and they will come back to you. That's yep. how you get good positive word of mouth. You know, it takes time. It's not easy but it's mm. it's like anything. Any business who cares about the consumer, you're going to feel like, okay, cool, I'm happy to spend my money with them. They're yep. not just ripping me off. I'm not just another number in line. Yep. Like even for James as a photographer, it's like, if you actually care about the band you're shooting or about the event that you're shooting at, mm-hmm. like they're going to feel that. And even if, hey, on that one in a ten t- chance that the product, end product doesn't come out, you know, as you both would have thought, they can see that your intentions are pure. Yeah. And you're like, oh, man, dude, he tried. It wasn't yeah, like yeah, exactly. hey, we saw exactly. this photo rather yeah. than. Didn't oh, rock up yeah. just as the gigs were starting, Correct. take the photos and piss off. Yep. You know, it's like. It's like I don't, I don't really care, and you see it all the time, and it's, it's very interesting. Same with bands, same with artists, all this sort of stuff. You know, um, they might not support any of the other bands that are actually playing that night. Mm-hmm. It's a really important thing that you do. Like that's one thing that you can change if you're only rocking up. And I'm guilty of this. You know, rocking up, playing your gig, and leaving. You know, I, there's been times where I haven't cared, mm-hmm. but it reflects in in what people see of you if you oh. rock up only play your show, don't care about the other bands, what do you think the other bands are going to think of you? Oh, I That they're arrogant, that they, th- that they only give a shit about themselves. Yeah. And not only that, like if you're rocking up, playing your set and then leaving, usually that will mean you're the support act um, most of the time because if you're the headliner and you leave after your set, the show's usually done. Yeah, yeah. So if you're rocking up and leaving, let's say that just for argument's sake, it's a support act. If you're rocking up, playing your set and then leaving, one, most people who are there to this beta support act, your goal should be to take them as fans because mm-hmm. you're probably in the same genre. That's why mm-hmm. you're on the bill. Yep. If you and your crew rock up, play a set and leave, how is anyone who may have got there late for traffic, didn't see your set, yep. how are they going to get to see you? Someone might have yeah. been like, I just wanted to see them. They yeah. got me a lane like they're gone. Yeah. How, how, are you me- how are they meant to know who you are as, an, as a behind the scenes? Like, yeah, they'll see you on stage and stuff. That's 10% yep. of what is important to... You know, if you are wanting to succeed in the music industry, mm-hmm. playing your gigs ten percent. Yep, you 10%, can you can make like, you can create so many more fans by being a real approachable human that people know, form a connection. We talk with. about between you and me all the time. You know, they not only did they record here, but we were friends with them before. Yep, and we're also friends with them still now because we've built this relationship. But we've been to gigs, we've seen them rock up before the gig starts, hang out play yep. their set and then hang out at the merch desk for another hour. Yep. Talking to each individual that comes to the merch desk, signing their stuff, getting photos with them. All of that 100%. sort of stuff is so crucially important. I run their merch desk and I can tell you that Bassy is there till the venue shuts yep. every time. Yep. Anyone who wants a photo or wants an autograph, there is there is someone from between you and me who is there literally until the venue shuts yep. and they go everyone outside. Mm-hmm. And then we're usually, they're usually the band that goes, hey guys, let's go outside and you can just get photos with us out there. Yep. Like yep. they're not just, yep. they don't just leave. Prime example, prime yep. example. And so, you know, 
when we're talking about letting things get to you when you're looking back, um, the other side that we wanted to discuss is how you can allow yourself to be in a position where you can just let things happen. Mm. And there's multiple areas of this, you know, there's, you know, being in a, a recording session, there's, you know, meeting other people, there's networking, there's meeting other bands, there's all this sort of stuff where y- if you put yourself in a certain position to allow things to happen the way they will without any expectations, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing can, f- you know, flourish yep. into new relationships, yep. new working relationships, new friendships, all of these different things that may not have existed. Mm-hmm. Tell yeah. us a little bit more about that. Well, I mean, I think it's it's one. There's a saying that uh, Matt got me onto on their version of the podcast, which is what him and Junior used to do, and that was follow the energy. So if something feels good, go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes the analytical side of our mind will tell us that the best way to get between A to B is a straight line, but there's no straight lines in nature. Like there, it is the everything. The magic is kind of made in between the lines. Mm-hmm. So it's like. Just because sometimes an opportunity will come up and we don't see the straight linear fashion that is going to improve us or it's mm-hmm. going to improve our lives or it's going to take us to the next level, mm. that doesn't mean that that opportunity is not there. Yeah. So, you know, I've seen a lot of artists who will, will not go to a certain gig or a certain event or won't do this thing with this person because mm. they're like, well, how's it going to get me? Th-? Like, I'm above, <laughs> like, I do better numbers than him. Yeah. Why would I do a track with him? It's like, yeah. I want to be up there. But it's like, you don't know just by you being in that studio, their friend could come in who talks to their friend about you who is on another level. Yeah. And then he, it's like yeah. all those things that your brain just doesn't, can't go straight away. Hey, this to this is going to lead to this, yep. which is what our brain looks for. Mm-hmm. You got to put yourself in a position for the, that those random events to occur. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the fact that I was on my first tour with Biam, like that was a series of random events mm-hmm. that led to me being there, which led to us recording the studio, mm-hmm. um, us recording their album. Yep. Um, and it's like, like Eve, I remember when we first started roughly, um, and I, in one of the morning meetings, I was like, jerking, we can get between you and me to record the next record here. <laughs> and then I'm pretty, yeah, I do and, remember that. and then yeah. it was like, nah, like they just recorded with Stevie Knight is like, you know, this probably isn't the studio that they're going to go to. Yeah. Yeah. Two years later, yeah. that's, it's exactly what yeah. happened. Yeah. So it's like, you have to put yourself in a position for these things to unfold. Mm-hmm. And it's hard cause you're kind of, you're kind of fighting that analytical side yeah, of your I was, mind. I was going to ask, like when your brain does start to, what are the sort of triggers that you could look for that tell, that could, you know, allow you to reflect on what you're doing or what you're thinking and be like, okay, how do I flip this? Well, I know from, I know mine is a feeling that something's not going to work out. Like, and, right. and this has come from, and again, everyone is different and this has come from a lifetime of experiences yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'll bring it even back to, you know, when I was living in the States uh, and my best friend, I remember the first the first day when I met him, right. in, my, in my head I was like, I'm not going to be friends with this guy. Like there was yeah, this feeling of yeah. like, I'm not gonna, and then we turned out to be fucking great friends and still talk to this day. Sweet. And so there's been these, there's been times in my life when my first internal mm. gut has been uh, a, not a negative one, but a, don't bother here. Like mm. uh, this isn't mm-hmm. going to pan out. Mm-hmm. This isn't. And then... Two or three years later, it'll turn out to be one of the most fruitful relationships or experiences I've done. Yeah, and you know, I have I have noticed that with you is that you know where there might be you know red flags or something like that, you'll allow yourself to potentially see the red flags, but still let them things pan out as they will and just mm. see what happens because yep. you never know. Yep. And you know that's something that you know I potentially don't have the ability to do. I'm I mean maybe I do, but it's like you know I might let these red flags say to me. Mm. 
just don't even don't yep. even be near them because it's not going to yeah, work yeah. out or yep. something like that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. and yeah, so I'll I'll notice if my gut tells me something instantly straight away like this isn't going to I just know cuz I've had all these situations where I've felt that and mm. it's turned out to be the opposite. So now I will consciously if I get that feeling it's like okay, let's just let's see what is here. Mm-hmm. Um and then the other thought that I um I tell myself when I'm when I may be getting in too deep into these situations mm-hmm. where like, okay, we need to pull the pin here, mm-hmm. um, is I think of the movie Moneyball. Yeah. And basically for those who know, the baseball movie about um, the guys who looked at baseball in an analytical way as opposed mm-hmm. to letting the old school scouts talk about it. Um, and I look at it in terms of when someone finishes watching that movie, they always would like to think and tell themselves that in that situation they would have done what Billy Bean did. Mm-hmm. They'd been like, yeah, I would have stuck through it. I would have mm-hmm. got there at the end. Mm-hmm. But in fact, only 1% of people did. The rest of Major League Baseball still mm. thought he was an idiot. Yeah. So there comes a point when it's like, are you willing to, to be okay with everyone else saying you're an mm. idiot? Because when you watch the whole movie, people are like, yeah, I would have done what he did. Yeah. But in real life, when everyone else around you is right. telling you one thing, are you okay to stand mm. by what you believe? Yeah. And so that's when, when, um, when I'm, everyone is telling me something, I think about that. I'm like, one, mm. do I believe in this hypothesis? Am mm. I happy to stand on, on the weight of what I believe? And if so, now you're putting yourself in a chance for that 1% to unfold. Mm. I think for, for me, um, when I kind of put myself in situations, my, my uh, approach is always to do the best that I can in the situation that I'm in. Never let a situation stop me from giving my best. And I think that sounds like it's not necessarily related, but what it means is if I'm in a situation with a band that I've just met or, you know, an artist that I'm working with that, you know, might have been partnered up with, you know, or whatever it might be, I will always give my all in that session, for example, to, to show those people in that room this is what I'm here for. This mm-hmm. is my life. This is my career. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm here for. This is my thing. Mm-hmm. I am this guy right now that is, you know, whatever it is, I'm going to do the best thing that I can. And the hopes are that people will see that. Mm-hmm. And that will allow them to form an opinion in their mind of what I do, whether it's the way that they would do things or whether they agree with what I do, I'm still I'm still going to give it my all mm-hmm. and hopefully and it's not always going to be the way, but, you know, experiences show me that most of the time it does. People see that and they go, he's a hard worker. Yep. I trust him. Yep. You know? Hun- and absolutely. I think that that starts to spread. Absolutely. That's where word of mouth. And yep. if you're in a band or if you're an yep. artist, yep. if you are performing a gig, if you are singing on an album, mm-hmm. if you give it your all every yep. single time, yep. People will see that. 100%. And that will spread. That yep. word will spread and, and and that's when things start to snowball. Absolutely. And you'll start to get support slots. You'll start to get features on other albums. 100%. You know? and, and then even if the, for the few times if someone doesn't resonate with it or doesn't hit with it, like because there could be so many things, what they went through in their life 10 to 15 minutes before encountering you as an engineer or the band is going to affect it. Mm-hmm. So there could be A whole time, lifetime of experience. So there could be things just like, hey, man, you did your all, you did your best, and for whatever reason the situation this person was in, it just didn't resonate with them. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Like these it's are actually, one of, it's, it's also kind of a good thing sometimes for it to not work out. True, it's, but it's definitely it's not something you should sit and dwell in. Totally. Again, it's not in your control. Yep. Um, and then... That reminded me of the um, band Twelve Foot Ninja, mm-hmm. um, who I remember when they were writing their 
the EP, the album, the, the first one that went nuts, I can't remember what it was called. Yep. But as they were writing that, they were playing all these shows mm-hmm. um, and I was speaking with Nick and their goal, for tw- it was about 12 months leading up to it, their goal as a band, they would go, we are going to be better than every headline band we play with. Mm-hmm. Their goal was to blow every headline mm-hmm. band out of the water for the mm-hmm. next like 12 months while they were playing support spots. Yep. And he's like, and we did. We went down there and then they got like, because they've got the ninja outfits and they've got like, they yeah, took yeah. their whole live show yeah. up a notch. And he's like, man, any any support act that we got, we blew the headliners out yeah. of the water yep. so badly that when this album dropped, they had fans that already knew their songs. And it's like, then they won the Metal God Awards and then touring the US and, and they just crushed it. Because yeah. they just went, we any any opportunity we get, we're going to fucking it. give it our I've, all. Not them. I've seen another band, like this is a funny example, is I saw Newfound Glory support Sum 41, right? Mm. So this is back in 2003, is I want to say. Oh, it was no. a festival hall. I was going to say, I, was, I saw Sum 41 at Festival Hall. Yeah, so this was, I think, 2003. I uh, wasn't does that this, one. It might have been Does This Look Infected or the album after Chuck maybe or one of them. And Newfound had only released two albums, Self-Titled and Sticks and Stones, and they came out and went absolutely nuts. And before that, I didn't really have that high opinion of Newfound because I was just like, they're kind of this like, I was into like hardcore stuff. Yeah, they were a little I was, too poppy. Like too poppy, too yeah, soft. Yeah, too bubblegum pop. And, yeah, and then and then I saw them and they killed it live. And Sun 41 played well. Yep. They didn't play like Newfound played. Right. And then my opinion of them just totally changed, changed from then on. Yep. And it's the best feeling. It's like, man, that band was sick. Yep. And then you go back and you listen to their albums. Yep. And this is just an exact... 100%. Example of 12 Foot Ninja, that's exactly how it would have happened. People would have yep. seen them yeah. that didn't know who they were, would have gone, this is impressive. Yeah. I rate this. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to go check out their catalogue. Yep. And that's when the album just goes nuts. 100%. <laughs> and it's like there, yeah, so it's got to, you've got to, you got to put yourself in a position for these for these things to just unfold. Like mm. you never humans humans are such weird creatures. We love telling people, "Hey man, like I check, I found out this band. They're not big yet. Mm. Let me tell you because yeah. I want to get you into them early, <laughs> yeah. so that when they're huge, you're like, yeah man, I was on that early.' Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Marshall told me about that. Yeah, yeah like yeah. there's so <laughs> many weird things about humans that it's like the big takeaway from this is you know, as you said at the start, one, if things didn't pan out the way you thought in the past, you'd put all this effort or time and money into a clip, and it didn't go absolutely bananas and skyrocket your career. Cool. Don't sit in that negative space. Mm-hmm. Be like, you can't let that stop you from putting yourself in a future position for something to happen. Yeah, it's like should you then not put more money into video clips next time? That's not the answer. Yeah. There's so many elements that yep. – that, yeah, and, and, and we do. We tend to focus all of our energy on the thing that we spend the most time on or money on. Mm. Or energy. Time, money, or energy. Yeah. It and you know, be, we yep. we always focus on that that big pool of energy. It's mm. like, well, if you focused all your energy in the studio, then you're gonna focus on the studio. Yep. If you spend all your money on the video clip, you're gonna focus on the video clip. Mm. And you're gonna blame things yeah. for going wrong. In actual fact, there's so many other factors. You're not even looking at everything else that's happening at the same time. You know, we're yep. talking about this time of year, Christmas time. Mm-hmm leading up to festival season. There's so much going on that's extra mm. to your release. If your release doesn't turn out the way you want it to in December, there's probably a good reason that it's got nothing to do with you. Yep. And so, yeah, there's so many things that are outside of your control. Why would you get hung up on it? And why would you keep continuing to focus and let it dictate what the rest of your career is going to look like? 100% you just can't because um, it's almost debilitating if you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and I mean, even as you're saying, that's funny. We not only I think do we constantly look back on what we've put our most time, money, or effort into, but we tend to always look back at the negative things and think how they could have been better, mm. rather than looking back on all the positive shit mm. and how yeah. we nailed that yeah. one. Like yeah. all the cool stuff that we did, or how this one came out good. It's like you know, spend some time reflecting on that, yeah. the wins that you've notched up, yeah. rather than oh man, look at all the look at all the L's I, I took along the way, and, and how quickly you can do that thing from now on because you've mm. done it before. Yeah. You know, we've talked about this before, the, the the amount of time that you spend learning things, every time you do it, you get better at it. Yep. And so if you've spent a lot of time and energy into mixing a song mm-hmm. or putting together a music video, yep. chances are you can do it in half the time next time because you know what to look out for. Yep. Um, and so that's a positive thing to look 100%. back on and go, I know now that I can do that in half the time. That yep. is a win. Yep. That's a huge win. Yep. Yes, absolutely. It's a, you got to flip it around. Yep. Look at it. It's okay to look at negative things. Don't we're not saying don't look at the negative things. Yep. Just don't dwell on them. Yep. Don't, don't let them don't dictate. Let, don't let it get in you. Don't let it make you negative about the future. Yep. And yeah, other other than that is is you know allow yourself to be in these positions with other artists, networking mm. um, in other studios that you might not have worked with. Go to shows. Yeah. Go Introduce to shows. you to that person. If you're at a gig and you see that person hanging at the bar and you just know you're like that's the dude you put on tonight. Go and introduce yourself, you know, as an artist. Be like, hey, you know, just get talking to them. You know, I I may have seen you at a couple of other gigs or if you're putting on tonight, if you ever have a support act pull out, Mm -hmm. I'd love to be able to jump on. You know, that's a great way to just start off networking and getting shows. Other ways is if you see, if you're wanting to be a live sound engineer and you see a sound engineer killing it that night, go up and say, hey, man, great job. What's your name? I'm Stu, whatever. You know, the the chances are I've been there. I did live stuff for for quite a while. I've done it, you know. 20, 30, 40 shows maybe, it doesn't happen very often where someone come, comes up to you and say, say says hello and, you know, gives 100%. you a congrats un- about the show or the something like that. The underappreciated technicians. But 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 just the same thing. You might think that, oh, that person get bothered, gets bothered all the time. They probably get sick of people telling them that they did a good show or something like that. Don't let that stop you. Yeah. You still... And it's probably not true. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is, like, care. Actually give yeah, a shit. Yeah, like, exactly. go up to the dude be like, hey, man, you're actually, this show sounds crushing. You're like, I actually kind of want to learn live sound. If you're ever mixing in the future and Mm. you need someone to intern or just run cables for you or set up mics, I'd love to be able to just watch you work again. Yep. That's that's it because you actually care about them. Like, hey, can I make your job easier? Not, hey, man, you're awesome. Can you teach me how to be you so I can take your jobs? (laughs) Like that, (laughs) like actually care about the person you're talking to and the relationship will grow. It will nurture because it's not just a one-way street. It's not just take, take, take. Yep. Love it. Nice. Well, I think that uh, pretty that wraps it up. I think we yeah, dropped some uh, some good knowledge in there for people. Yep. And as always, if you have any more questions, please please reach out. Again, this is what we were just saying. You might think that we're getting questions all the time. Reality is, we're not getting that many questions. Yep. We want to talk out. to people. You know, we want we want to get involved in helping this community yep. get better at, you and, know. And at, the questions that we get online and in person are the same five to seven. It's people. And they're stru- great questions. Yeah, people but struggle would- to meet people. People struggle getting their first gigs. How do I, producers, how do I meet rappers? Rappers, how do I meet producers? Or I'm a one-man band and I need to find other band members. I need a songwriter. I need yep. this. I need, and It's recurring. But that's what we're here for. So, Correct. So reach out in our Instagram DMs. Yep. Um, As at, always. At Marshall Street Studios, Ben at Marshall Street, Stu Watts Audio. Yep. Remember to like and subscribe if this podcast has been useful and share it around. Share it with a friend. Um, it's what we're here for. Absolutely. We will see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Peace. Peace. Peace.